chapter two of labat by jory karl heismans translated by keen wallace this librivox recording is in the public domain nearly two years ago durtal had ceased to associate with men of letters they were represented in books and in the book chat columns of magazines as forming an aristocracy which had a monopoly on intelligence their conversation if one believed what one read sparkled with effervescent and stimulating wit durtal had difficulty accounting to himself for the persistence of this illusion his sad experience led him to believe that every literary man belonged to one of two classes the thoroughly commercial or the utterly impossible the first consisted of writers spoiled by the public and drained dry in consequence but successful ravenous for notice they aped the ways of the world of big business delighted in gala dinners gave formal evening parties spoke of copyrights sales and long-run plays and made great display of wealth the second consisted of cafe loafers bohemians rolling on the benches gorged with beer they feigned an exaggerated modesty and at the same time cried their wares aired their genius and abused their betters there was now no place where one could meet a few artists and privately intimately discuss ideas at ease one was at the mercy of the cafe crowd or the drawing-room company one's interlocutor was listening avidly to steal one's ideas and behind one's back one was being vituperated and the women were always intruding in this indiscriminate world there was no illuminating criticism nothing but small talk elegant or inelegant then durtal learned also by experience that one cannot associate with thieves without becoming either a thief or a dupe and finally he broke off relations with his confreres he not only had no sympathy but no common topic of conversation with them formerly when he accepted naturalism airtight and unsatisfactory as it was he had been able to argue aesthetics with them but now the point is des hermies was always telling him that there is a basic difference between you and the other realists and no patched-up alliance could possibly be of long duration you execrate the age and they worship it there is the whole matter you are fated some day to get away from this americanized art and attempt to create something less vulgar less miserably commonplace and infuse a little spirituality into it in all your books you have fallen on our fin de siècle our cueille de siècle tooth and nail but lord a man soon gets tired of whacking something that doesn't fight back but merely goes its own way repeating its offences you needed to escape into another epoch and get your bearings while waiting for a congenial subject to present itself that explains your spiritual disarray of the last few months and your immediate recovery as soon as you stumbled onto gilles de ray des hermies had diagnosed him accurately the day on which durtal had plunged into the frightful and delightful latter medieval age had been the dawn of a new existence the flouting of his actual surroundings brought peace to durtal's soul and he had completely reorganized his life mentally cloistering himself far from the furor of contemporary letters in the chateau de tiffauges with the monster bluebeard with whom he lived in perfect accord even in mischievous amity thus history had for durtal supplanted the novel whose forced banality conventionality and tidy structure of plot simply griped him yet history too was only a peg for a man of talent to hang style and ideas on for events could not fail to be coloured by the temperament and distorted by the bias of the historian as for the documents and sources well attested as they might be they were all subject to revision 
even to contradiction by others exhumed later which were no less authentic than the first and which also but waited their turn to be refuted by newer discoveries in the present rage for grubbing around in dusty archives writing of history served as an outlet for the pedantry of the moles who reworked their mouldy findings and were duly rewarded by the institute with medals and diplomas for durtal history was then the most pretentious as it was the most infantile of deceptions old clear ought to be represented with a sphinx's head mutton-chop whiskers and one of those padded bonnets which babies wore to keep them from bashing their little brains out when they took a tumble of course exactitude was impossible why should he dream of getting at the whole truth about the middle ages when nobody had been able to give a full account of the revolution or the commune for that matter the best he could do was to imagine himself in the midst of creatures of that other epoch wearing their antique garb thinking their thoughts and then having saturated himself with their spirit to convey his illusion by means of adroitly selected details this is practically what michelet did and though the garrulous old gossip drivelled endlessly about matters of supreme unimportance and exercised in his mild way over trivial anecdotes which he expanded beyond all proportion and though his sentimentality and chauvinism sometimes discredited his quite plausible conjectures he was nevertheless the only french historian who had overcome the limitation of time and made another age live anew before our eyes hysterical garrulous manneristic as he was there was yet a truly epic sweep in certain passages of his history of france the personages were raised from the oblivion into which the dry-as-dust professors had sunk them and became live human beings what matter then if michelet was the least trustworthy of historians since he was the most personal and the most evocative as for the others they simply ferreted around among the old state papers clipped them and following m taine's example arranged ticketed and mounted their sensational gleanings in logical sequence rejecting of course everything that did not advance the case they were trying to make they denied themselves imagination and enthusiasm and claimed that they did not invent true enough but they did none the less distort history by the selection they employed and how simply and summarily they disposed of things it was discovered that such and such an event occurred in france in several communities and straightway it was decided that the whole country lived acted and thought in a certain manner at a certain hour on a certain day in a certain year no less than michelet there were doughty falsifiers but they lacked his vision they dealt in knick-knacks and their trivialities were as far from creating a unified impression as were the pointillistic puzzles of modern painters and the word hashes cooked up by the decadent poets and worst of all thought durtal the biographers the depilators taking all the hair off a real man's chest they wrote ponderous tomes to prove that jan steen was a teetotaler somebody had deloused villon and shown that the grosse margot of the ballade was not a woman but an inn sign pretty soon they would be representing the poet as a priggishly honest and judicious man one would say that in writing their monographs these historians feared to dishonour themselves by treating of artists who had tasted somewhat fully and passionately of life hence the expurgation of masterpieces that an artist might appear as commonplace a bourgeois as his commentator this rehabilitation school today all-powerful exasperated durtal in writing his study of gilles de Ray, he was not going to fall into the error of these bigoted sustainers of middle-class morality with his ideas of history he could not claim to give an exact likeness of bluebeard but he was not going to concede to the public taste for mediocrity in well and evil doing by whitewashing the man 
durtal's material for this study consisted of a copy of the memorial addressed by the heirs of gilles de ray to the king notes taken from the several true copies at paris of the proceedings in the criminal trial at nantes extracts from Vallée de viriville's history of charles the seventh finally the notice by armand guiraud and the biography of the abbe bossard these sufficed to bring before durtal's eyes the formidable figure of that satanic fifteenth-century character who was the most artistically exquisitely cruel and the most scoundrelly of men no one knew of the projected study but des hermies whom durtal saw nearly every day they had met in the strangest of homes that of chantelouve the catholic historian who boasted of receiving all classes of people and every week in the social season that drawing-room in the rue de bagneux was the scene of a heterogeneous gathering of under sacristans cafe poets journalists actresses partisans of the cause of nondorf and dabblers in equivocal sciences footnote one nondorf a watchmaker who at the time of the july monarchy attempted to pass himself off for louis the seventeenth this salon was on the edge of the clerical world and many religious came here at the risk of their reputations the dinners were discriminately if unconventionally ordered chantelouve rotund jovial bade everyone make himself at home now and then through his smoked spectacles there stole an ambiguous look which might have given an analyst pause but the man's bonhomie quite ecclesiastical was instantly disarming madame was no beauty but possessed a certain bizarre charm and was always surrounded she however remained silent and did nothing to encourage her voluble admirers as void of prudery as her husband she listened impassively absently with her thoughts evidently afar to the boldest of conversational imprudences at one of these evening parties while la Rousseille, recently converted howled a hymn durtal sitting in a corner having a quiet smoke had been struck by the physiognomy and bearing of des hermies who stood out sharply from the motley throng of defrocked priests and grubby poets packed into chanteloup's library and drawing-room among these smirking and carefully composed faces des hermies evidently a man of forceful individuality seemed and probably felt singularly out of place he was tall slender somewhat pale his eyes narrowed in a frown had the cold blue gleam of sapphires the nose was short and sharp the cheeks smooth-shaven with his flaxen hair and van dyck he might have been a norwegian or an englishman in not very good health his garments were of london make and the long tight wasp-waisted coat buttoned clear up to the neck seemed to enclose him like a box very careful of his person he had a manner all his own of drawing off his gloves rolling them up with an almost inaudible crackling then seating himself crossing his long thin legs and leaning over to the right reaching into the patch pocket on his left side and bringing forth the embossed japanese pouch which contained his tobacco and cigarette papers he was methodic guarded and very cold in the presence of strangers his superior and somewhat bored attitude not exactly relieved by his curt dry laugh awakened at a first meeting a serious antipathy which he sometimes justified by venomous words by meaningless silences by unspoken innuendos he was respected and feared at chanteloups but when one came to know him one found beneath his defensive shell great warmth of heart and a capacity for true friendship of the kind that is not expansive but is capable of sacrifice and can always be relied upon how did he live was he rich or just comfortable 
no one knew and he tight-lipped never spoke of his affairs he was doctor of the faculty of paris durtal had chanced to see his diploma but he spoke of medicine with great disdain he said he had become convinced of the futility of all he had been taught and had thrown it over for homeopathy which in turn he had thrown over for a bolognese system and this last he was now excoriating there were times when durtal could not doubt that his friend was an author for des hermies spoke understandingly of tricks of the trade which one learns only after long experience and his literary judgment was not that of a layman when one day durtal reproached him for concealing his productions he replied with a certain melancholy no i caught myself in time to choke down a base instinct the desire of re-saying what has been said i could have plagiarized flaubert as well as if not better than the pole parrots who are doing it but i decided not to i would rather phrase abstruse medicaments of rare application perhaps it is not very necessary but at least it isn't cheap what surprised durtal was his friend's prodigious erudition des hermies had the run of the most out-of-the-way bookshops he was an authority on antique customs and at the same time on the latest scientific discoveries he hobnobbed with all the freaks in paris and from them he became deeply learned in the most diverse and hostile sciences he so cold and correct was almost never to be found save in the company of astrologers cabalists demonologists alchemists theologians or inventors weary of the advances and the facile intimacies of artists durtal had been attracted by this man's fastidious reserve it was perfectly natural that durtal surfeited with skin-deep friendships should feel drawn to des hermies but it was difficult to imagine why des hermies with his taste for strange associations should take a liking to durtal who was the soberest steadiest most normal of men perhaps des hermies felt the need of talking with a sane human being now and then as a relief and too the literary discussions which he loved were out of the question with these adulpates who monologued indefatigably on the subject of their monomania and their ego at odds like durtal with his confrères des hermies could expect nothing from the physicians whom he avoided nor from the specialists with whom he consorted as a matter of fact there had been a juncture of two beings whose situation was almost identical at first restrained and on the defensive they had come finally to tutoie each other and establish a relation which had been a great advantage to durtal his family were dead the friends of his youth married and scattered and since his withdrawal from the world of letters he had been reduced to complete solitude des hermies kept him from going stale and then finding that durtal had not lost all interest in mankind promised to introduce him to a really lovable old character of this man des hermies spoke much and one day he said you really ought to know him he likes the books of yours which i have lent him and he wants to meet you you think i am interested only in obscure and twisted natures well you will find carre really unique he is the one catholic with intelligence and without sanctimoniousness the one poor man with envy and hatred for none End of chapter two